I am wanting to speak today on this topic, and that topic is the table. The table. Um, in my household, uh, the, the table is very important to us. Whether it's the kitchen table, whether it's a table in any room in the house, it's very important to us. And we are, when I say we, my wife and I are very strategic when it comes to the opportunities at the table. The table for my wife and I is a place where conversations occur and life is spoken. The table for us is a place where we are sharing our hearts with one another. The table is a place where we speak to our children. The table has become absent in many homes. Growing up, we had family meals. I hate to say this, but does anyone remember that day? Growing up, we had family meals, uh, and now we didn't have iPads and phones and devices, uh, but none of that was at the table. When you came to the table, you came to sit, to eat, and let me throw this in there. You couldn't get up until you was done eating your food, too. And uh, if you didn't like it, guess what? You went to bed hungry then. You're not asking for the Oreo cookies to fill you up to go to bed. That wasn't happening. And the table was an opportunity for families to come together and talk, and that is absent in our homes today. But the table should be something that is brought back into the homes and especially into the Christian home. And the definition of the table is going to be up here on the screen. This is my definition in my home. And that simply is the table is a set aside time to both refresh, is to reconsider our lives, our ministries, families, our priorities, and construct of the kingdom. Please leave that up there just for a moment, just in case people want to write that down. I encourage you to not just follow along, but to take heed attentively today, because what I'm going to teach, my hope is that you take this back home with you and apply it in your home. Because if our homes are not right, the church won't be right. I thank the Lord for the church. I do. I thank God for the church. I thank God for a house that I can come and receive instruction, direction, correction, help, support. But all those things that I mentioned should be very prevalent in the home. And it's never too late. Someone say never too late. Well, I can preach that, right? I can spend 15 minutes just on that subject. It's never too late. It's never too late 
to make a correction. It's never too late to start a new agenda. It's never too late to do a 180. It's never too late to make the right choice. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how old your children are. It's never too late. Never too late. And, and, and so I thank the Lord for the church, and I'm grateful for the church, but we must have healthy homes. Homes are important. Let me give you a couple examples of why the table is so important today more than ever. I'm going to show you a picture here of uh, something called a neural link. Has anyone ever heard of a neural link? Anybody? Raise your hand if you heard of the neural link. Okay, so then are you familiar who created the neural link? Who, who created it? Elon Musk. Elon Musk created the neural link. That's exactly right. Anyone know what the neural link was created for? That neural link is to be embedded into the foreheads of human beings. That is the purpose of this neural link. So Elon Musk hopes to implant computers in human brains. He says, and I quote, we are not confident, we are now, excuse me, we are now confident that the Neuralink device is ready for humans. So timing is a function of working through the FDA approval process. Well, why is this so important and why should homes, Christian homes, be aware of why this is even relevant in our day? Well, if you understand your Bible and understand end time, we understand if we go to Revelations chapter number 13, verse number 16, it says, and he, who's he? The Antichrist. Speaking, I'm not calling Elon Musk the Antichrist, but the device that he is using, the Antichrist is going to use that device in order to push his agenda. But the device had to be created first in order for the Antichrist to use the device in order to be pushed. So the Bible says, and he, the Antichrist, causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, it doesn't matter who you are, to receive a mark where in their right hands or where in their foreheads. So this neural link that we showed up here on the screen is created, already created. Now, here's the key. Here's the quote. Here's the part of the quote that you need to understand. He hopes to implant computers in humans' brain. He says, we are now confident that the Neuralink device is ready for humans. So that means it's already being tested right now. He can't say something's ready if it hasn't been tested. That means people have this already implanted in them somewhere. Some of you don't believe that, but in order for something to be ready or something to go through, through a, the approval process of the FDA, it's already been out there. It's, it's, it's already been tested. We know people have been receiving implants for many years in their hands and their arms and, and different places. That's been going on for decades, by the way, just, just so you know that. But now we have a device that fits right along with Revelation 16, or excuse me, 13, 16, and he causes all doesn't matter who you are where you are what type of rights you have or what type of rights you don't have he's going to cause everyone to take this mark yeah. mm -hmm. 
And so it, 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 it is important. Uh, this may not be a scripture that you have, but it's a scripture that I have here. It's in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. If you can find 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, uh, verse number 3, uh, and we're going to read 3 and 4. Okay? 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, uh, chapter 2, chapter 2, starting at verse number 3. So the, the scripture says, let no man deceive you by any means. It goes on to say that for that day shall not come. Now, okay, for that day shall not come. Except there come a falling away first. What day? He's talking about the coming of Jesus Christ. The coming of the Lord. That day, the coming of the Lord shall not come except there be, except there come a falling away first. And that man of sin be revealed. Who's that man of sin? Antichrist. The Antichrist. He's talking about the Antichrist. The son of perdition. The Bible says in verse number four, it says, who opposes and exalted himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped so that he as God, listen to this now, this is important, he as God sitteth in the temple of God showing himself that he is God. So the Antichrist is going to come and say he's God and he's going to do it sitting in the temple. Why is that important? Because if you understand your Israel history, well, they are underway of constructing the third temple. If you do any history, if you study, you can even Google this, what I'm talking about. They are underway of constructing the third temple. So all these things are coming together as we can see the coming of the Lord. Now, I, I'm not teaching an end time message and, I, and I'm not trying to go too far on this. Maybe, mm, maybe uh, ne next Sunday if the Lord deals with me, I can dive a little bit more into the coming of the Lord. But, but, but we need to understand what this is talking about is that when Jesus returns to help and save Israel, I'm not talking about the rapture. Many people, many believers misunderstand the coming of the Lord and the rapture. They put them together. But it's not the same. And I'm not going to teach on that right now. Maybe next Sunday the Lord will deal with me and I can teach on that if anybody's interested in that. But many people think the rapture and the coming of the Lord are the two, same thing. It's not the same thing. There's going to be a rapture, a taking away of God's people. But when God's people are taken away, the earth will continue. Time will continue to go on. I don't know what excuse they're going to make up for all these millions, maybe billions of people gone. They got to come up with something, but I'm not going to worry about it because I don't plan on being here. But you better make sure that you're ready for the catching away because if you're not caught away, then you're going to be here in a miserable world without a church, without somebody praying. And you're going to be caught up in the tribulation. Tribulation has to take place. After the tribulation, then the Son of Man is going to come. Then Jesus is going to come back. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that maybe next week. Anybody interested in hearing about that maybe a little bit more? Okay, then I'll, I'll, I'll teach on that next Sunday, all right? Pray for me. I'll teach on that next Sunday. So, so the table is important. Why? Because look, 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 what's second? No, hold on. I, I got more pictures, don't I? That's right. Here, look at this. Go, go to my, my next picture, this, this right here. I, forgive me for that. It's, it's probably not, you can't see it that well. But, okay, so this is a Disney, this is a Disney show, commercial, movie, some, some type of Disney episode here. 
And what they have here is you can't see it. It says, love you, Satan. This is this. But I, didn't, I don't know if you heard me in the back. This is Disney. And what they did is they, they did a play on letters. Okay? You can see them giggling, laughing, looking at each other. And so they're showing here how easily you can flip some words around. It's supposed to say, love you, Santa. But they move some letters around and it says, love you, Satan. But you better believe Disney has an agenda. Why would Disney do that? Because your children will be watching this. Why would someone in their right mind even put this on television for a seven-year-old to look at and think that's funny? Because if they can't get you, they will get your children. And matter of fact, they're more concerned and they want your children more than you. Because if they can feed it into a seven-year-old, when a seven-year-old becomes 17, they've already got their mind. And so here we are as adults, as parents, because we've eliminated the table and we're allowing our children just to be on an iPad or a phone or locked away in some room with the door shut. You don't even know what they're looking at. You don't know what the world is feeding them and we've eliminated the table to even talk about. Can I sit down and preach now? Are y'all ready for this? I'm ready to teach today. We go talk today. Amen. be Jesus so if they can't sacrifice our children like they did in the Old Testament you know they used to sacrifice children in the Old Testament um, what they'll do is they will indoctrinate them and this is how they indoctrinate them. Jesus ate at tables. Tables are so important. Jesus ate at them. There's a couple reasons and a couple points that I want to bring out here today about the importance of tables. One, the table should be for this. There's five points that I'm going to bring out if you want to jot these five points down. The number one, well, these are not in order. I'm just going to say the first one. They're all equally important. The number one reason why the table is important is because the table should be used to enjoy one another's company. The table should be used to enjoy one another's company. When you invite your family to the table, there shouldn't be devices or anything at the table. It should be to have conversations with people and to enjoy one another. You know that uh, we have a generation that is growing up that does not know how to talk to people. We have a generation that can't even look me in my eye, but if they turn their back and text, they can text everything that's on their mind. They can email something that is powerful, but yet they can't articulate it to someone's face. So at the table, we should be able to enjoy one another, look at one another in the face, laugh and cry and enjoy and share one another's stories. This is what Jesus did. He enjoyed one another's company. We see that where? In the book of John, chapter number two. That's when the wedding feast, Jesus sat at tables at the wedding feast in John, chapter number two. We know this story very well. This is when he turned the water into wine. But he had to sit with his people. He had to sit with family and friends. And he went to join them at the feast. Why? Because he just wanted to enjoy one another's company. 
He wasn't even there to perform a miracle. He tried to rebuke his mother and say, it's not my time. But mama got her way, didn't she? Yeah, mama tends to do that. They tend to get that way. He didn't even come to perform a miracle. But see, oftentimes you may not be looking and have no agenda. Just come to the table because you never know what miracle can take place at the table. But if you never bring the family together at the table, how, you, how can you converse and just enjoy one another's time? It's amazing how we have to get away from the house just to spend time together when God is saying, I'm providing something in the house so that you can spend time together. Someone say at the table. Another reason tables are important is to teach Bible studies. In Matthew chapter number nine, starting at verse number nine, look, look what happens here. It's to teach Bible studies. It's to teach Bible studies to those who no one else wants to be around, who no one else wants to associate with. Look what it says. And, and Jesus passes forth from thence. He saw a man named Matthew. He saw a man named Matthew sitting at the receipt of customs. He was a tax collector. He was collecting money. And the Jews could not stand the tax collectors. Because they did wrong. That's just putting it mildly. Sitting at the receipt of custom, and he said, hey, hey, I know no one else likes you, but follow me. And he arose and followed him. Look what verse number 10 says. And it came to pass as Jesus sat at me. He came and found a table. I want you to follow me because I'm going to go sit down at a table. He sat at me that behold many publicans and sinners, many other tax collectors and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples because when you invite people to your table, the people that you invite will invite other people to the table. But if you don't have a home that is conducive to bring people in that no one else wants, I'm, I'm going to say that one more time. See, 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 oftentimes uh, in the home, we don't want to allow anyone else in the home. We don't want to bring anybody else at the table. You, you want to know something? There are more people that will go to your house than come to this house anytime. And they're waiting to have an opportunity just at a table. We have to be willing to open up our doors to individuals and people that maybe other people won't open up their doors to just to come have them sit at the table. And why? So we can talk to them, we can feed them, and we can expound unto them the word of God. Jesus said, follow me, come, come follow me, and I'm going to take you to my table. He sat him down at the table where Jesus was sitting at. And because Matthew came, other people said, well, maybe he'll accept me then. Oh, y'all not hearing me in here. Maybe, maybe they'll accept me there because they've allowed to come in at the table. table is so important because not only can you enjoy one another's company but you can also teach Bible study to those who no one else wants to be around or associate with everyone say the table the table is also used for my third point here is answering your whys answering your whys the table should be used for clarification 
It should be used for clarification of who he is. The table should be used to answer you and your family's whys. If we never take time to sit down at a table with our family, how will you know what your family's even dealing with and struggling with? How would you know? If we take more time just to sit around a table on a consistent basis, you know it will eliminate most arguments in the home? Uh-oh. Let me keep this positive to this morning. It, it, it will eliminate a lot of things in a home that we deal with. If we just come together, let's just talk. Let's, 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 let's talk. My wife and I made an agreement when we got married that we would make sure that we take time to teach our children. We made an agreement. There's a couple agreements that my wife and I made. We, we have a few of them. One of them is, is that we will make sure that our children understand their whys. Now, I do it a little bit differently than how I was raised. You don't have to do it exactly how you were raised. When I was raised, we didn't have a consistent time. We would just have, when, when Mama Robinson wanted to get together and talk, we just talked. And Mama Robinson would say, hey, it's family time. We go come together. And we, she would sit all of, all of us kids down. I remember, we'd come to the living room. Mama Robinson would say, come on, it's family time. We got to talk. And we'd come dragging our heads like, man. We'd be upset because you're like, oh, man, mom, what's this about to be about now? Who, who, we looking at each other. Who messed up? Who said something? Was you talking? Was you talking? We blaming each other. Here, here we go. We walking into the, the living room. We all sit down. We're looking at Mother Robinson. And Mama Robinson would just go in. Now, I need you to understand that I don't, it doesn't matter what sister so-and-so, and typically she would see something. And then she would come home and say, I want to make sure this doesn't happen in this house. And so she would say, now, this is what's going on there and here and there, but we don't do that in this house. Yes, mom, we know. No, no, no I need you to understand. <laughs> we know, mom. No, 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 no. You know, and Mama Robinson will repeat herself about 10 times because she's waiting on you to respond the right way. If she don't get the right response, she's going to repeat it again. So we learn how to respond. <laughs> See, some of you need to learn that with me. If you learn how to respond, I'll go a lot faster. <laughs> you respond the right way. I'm okay. They, oh, there, there it is. Okay. All right. Point number four. No, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, we learn how to respond. And, and she would have these talks with us. And many of, many of them, we didn't even really understand what she was saying. We were so young. It's like, why, why are you even telling us this? What does this have to do with me? Nothing. She was just making sure in this house, this is how we live. This is how we act. This is what we do. Because she, she had an understanding that we can easily be confused if we've seen another family live in a certain way and we attended the same church. We attend the same church. Why can they do that? We can't do that because in this house, this is how we live. In this house, this is how we act. This is our why. 
And it's okay for your family to ask, well, why? And so my wife and I are determined. So I have a routine. My children know that we have a routine. Uh, I'm up at 6 o'clock. I'm up at 6 o'clock. That's when I have my time. I have my little time with the Lord because by 7 o'clock, all of my children are to meet me where? At the table. 7, 8, it's a routine. Monday through Friday, they know it. I give them the weekends off. I'm a good, good father is who I am. <laughs> that was actually pretty good. I was, yeah, yeah. okay. So, again, the weekend's up. So, Monday through Friday, they know, 7 o'clock, you're at the kitchen table. And that is our time to talk because I have 20 minutes with them. 7.20, we need to be out the door so I can get them to school. We have 20 minutes together to talk about their whys. And I want my children to understand why we live, how we live. Why do we do what we do? Why do we believe what we believe? You may say, man, pastor, they're seven, they're nine, they're four. I don't care. I want them to hear it right now. I want them to understand right now. Because you better believe these seven-year-olds be knowing a whole lot more than I knew when I was seven years old. They can put some stuff together fast. Sometimes my children say, I said, who'd you hear that from? Now I'm looking around the church. Who they hanging out with? <laughs> we go get back to the table. We go straighten this out. But we have table time. Now it's become such a habit even during dinner time. Guess what they want to do? They want to sit together. They want to sit at the table. Why? Because they know we're going to talk. We're going to talk about things. We're going to discuss things. And they're not afraid to ask, well, Daddy, why do we do this? I sing this today. What does that mean? And I want them to understand that they can find every answer in the Bible. I want them to know that every answer, every issue of life, is, you can find it somewhere between Genesis and Revelations. I want them to know that this is the starting point. This is the foundation. But if you never are at the table, how do you have these opportunities? Am I helping somebody right now? It's important to be at the table. Look what Jesus said, Matthew chapter number 12, verse number one. It says, at the time Jesus went on the Sabbath day through the corn and his disciples were hungered and began to pluck the ears of corn and to eat. Now, of course, if you read verses two through seven, this is when, of course, the religious people were saying, why are you doing this? You can't work. You can't do anything on a Sabbath day. You can't do these things. How, how and why? What gives you the authority to be able to do this? Well, in verse number eight, he brings clarification. In verse number eight, the Bible says, for the son of man is Lord even of the Sabbath day. Doesn't matter what day it is. I'm able to do whatever I choose to do. If I wanted to pluck corn or if I wanted to heal the sick, I can do it all on the Sabbath day. Why? Because he's the Lord of the Sabbath. He brought clarification, and that's what the table can do. If you bring people to the table, you can bring clarification of your why. Why should you walk around here confused about anything? Because that's the devil's playground. When you are confused about anything, he will use that against you. But you must be able to come to the table and talk about these things. I'm telling you right now, the table can bring families closer together. 
I'm going to say that again. The, the table can bring families closer together. The table is also used for my next point, forgiveness. Everyone say forgiveness. Forgiveness should be at the table. There are times when my family come to the table and my wife and I are literally saying, I'm sorry. You may not take that as serious as I do, but I'm grateful that I have a companion where I can share and open up my heart and we can just apologize to one another. Can I take it a step further? We're not afraid to say I'm sorry and let tears come down our face in front of our children. I want my children to see what a home, a marriage is like, good, bad, or ugly. There's times when we make a mistake and I've got to say, hey, I'm, I'm sorry, honey. I'm sorry, honey. I apologize for that. And there's times when we say it to our children. Hey, I, I apologize for that. My wife will look at our children. Hey, I yelled at you yesterday. I was so frustrated. I, 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 shouldn't have, I probably should have said that a different way. And she's good at that. Me, I'm terrible. In the back of my mind saying, no, do it again. Because I was ready to go get my belt if they didn't. <laughs> And then I get kicked under the table, praise God. At the table, a lot of things happen under the table. <laughs> you don't, the kids don't see that though. That's right, I just, mm, mm. At the table, there should be forgiveness. Forgiveness is at the table. The Bible says in Luke chapter number seven, verse number 36, it says, and one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house, listen to this now, and sat down what? To meet at the table. And behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, which she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house. She knew that he was where? At the table. She brought an alabaster box of anointment and stood at his feet behind him weeping and began to wash his feet with tears and dip wipe uh, them and did wipe them excuse me did wipe them with the hairs of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment drop the verse number 48 look and he said unto her what thy sins are because forgiveness should be at the table Whew, can we lift our hands right there thank you lord jesus thank you lord jesus thank you jesus thank you jesus Thank you for forgiveness. Hallelujah. Forgiveness should be at the table. It's at the table. Last thing I want to hit on is this point here. At the table should also be transition. Transition. Transition should be at the table. Let me read the scripture first before I expound. Mark chapter 14, starting at verse number 22. The Bible says, and as they did eat, Jesus took bread and blessed and break it and gave to them and said, take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and they all drank of it. And he said unto them, this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many. 
Verily I say unto you, I will drink no more of the fruits of the vine until that day that I drink it new in the kingdom of God. Jesus was preparing his disciples for transition. The table has to be a place of transition where you can empower people, family members at the table. Hey, I may not be here always, but I need you to continue on. The table that I'm sitting at, I may not be here, but I need the table to continue on. I hope there are many of you here today that have family traditions that maybe you didn't start, but your mother or grandparents, someone in your family line started and it's still a family tradition today. I, I hope that you have that. If not, please start something that can be passed down from one generation to the next because those things are very valuable and important. And see, when you have a table that is set up, you can talk about those things at the table and you can empower the next generation to say, hey, I may not be here always, but don't let the table go away. And that's where we are in our world. We've allowed an entire generation to lose the table. Well, I am making a proclamation that at Star City Church, we bring the table back. I said, we bring the table back. We can't lose this. It's been lost, but we've got to bring it back. Because how else can you have transition properly if it's not done at the table? Everything sounds better with food anyway. I forgive you. Oh, I forgive you too, man. <laughs> Where does salmon come from, man? Praise God. Man. This is so good. Amen. Talk to somebody frustrated on an, on an empty stomach. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Some of y'all right now saying, yeah, that's me. I'm on an empty stomach and you still talking. <laughs> Amen. Transition can happen at the table because it's important to add to. Everyone say add to. Oh, my Lord. It's important to carry on. It's important to add to what has been given you. You do that at the table. You do it at the table. We all know that families should eat together, but sometimes it's tough to find the time. With work, school, sport practices, and other obligations all seem to get in the way. But studies have shown that families who dine at home together are happier and healthier. Whether your family mealtime happens every night or only once a week, in the morning before school or late night for just dessert, it's important to take advantage of whatever opportunity you have to nourish the mind, soul, and stomach of everyone at the table. In the United States, about 70% of meals, 70% of meals are consumed outside of the home and about 20% are eaten in the car that's 90% about half of American families rarely have family dinner decades of research have shown that children who regularly eat dinner with their families at home do better on a number of health measures 
When kids eat with their parents, they are more likely to have, listen, higher self-esteem, a more positive outlook, lower rates of substance abuse, teen pregnancy lowers, school behavior problems and depression. They're more likely to be pregnant. They're more likely to have school behavior problems. They're more likely to be depressed. They're more likely to have low self-esteem. They are more likely to have a better body image. Fewer eating disorders when they eat at home with their parents. Better grades, higher reading scores, and better vocabulary. Tables were important to Jesus and tables must be important to you and I you must take time for home health or you will have what I call this is good to take note of if you don't take time for home health you will have what I call a home that is on a spiritual welfare system so again I want to put our definition of what the table is up on the screen. The table is defined by Sister Robinson and I. The tables are set aside time to both refresh, reconsider our lives, our ministries, families, priorities, and construct of the kingdom of God. My challenge to this church and I challenge to everyone listening today, no matter where you are, is to bring back the table. I want to encourage everyone here, if you're a single man or single woman at home, you're a single father with children, single mother with children, or if you're a home full of people, I want to challenge you to have time at the table at least once a week. I'm going to say that challenge one more time. And I want to encourage you to start that challenge this week. Don't wait till January and say that's going to be part of my New Year's resolution. Because there's a lot of people that are going to come and sit at tables over this holiday month. There's a lot of people that's going to come and sit at tables. So I wonder what your table is going to look like. Who's going to be at your table? Are sinners going to be at your table? Are people that no one else wants to be around going to be at your table? Amen. That's some of your family members. What is your table conversation? Or are the fellows going to be in the back room or a basement watching the game while the women are somewhere else doing their thing? Because that's what typically happens. But I'm encouraging everyone to have time at the table start it this month bring your family together pastor I live by myself sit at the table you you, you hear me singles widows go to the table intentional why because you are it's mental you are disciplining yourself go sit at the table no one's there you in an open bible go sit at that table don't have your phone near you don't have anything near you Don't have no distractions. Just go to a table. Open up that word and take time at the table. 
Hallelujah. So then you already are preparing something so that when God sends people in, whoever that is, you've already got a table that's ready to receive no matter who they are. Have a table in the home. Because our world has gotten away from the table, but that doesn't mean as children of God, we should get rid of the table. That's why I push God first home so much. Let your home be God first at the table. Why don't we create a table right now? Let's stand to our feet all across this building. Come on, let's create a table moment right now. And if you have a sincere desire to have a table in your home, I want you to lift your hands and ask the Lord to help you to be disciplined, to have a table in your home. That you from here on out will have the mindset to have a table set and ready in your home where husbands and wives can come together at the table. Where children with parents can come together at the table. Where people can be invited into your home to the table where strangers and neighbors and people that need to hear the gospel can come and be at the table come on if that's your desire lift your hands and lift your voice just for a moment god help me lord jesus right now hallelujah hallelujah Hallelujah. Everyone say the table. The table. The table. Church, we got to bring the table back. I, I, I'm really trying to help some married couples right now. I'm, I, I really am. I'm trying to help some married. I'm telling you, just come to the table. Uh, husbands and wives hear me hear me make come to the table talk talk to one another no distractions just talk I counsel too many couples that don't even enjoy one another's company anymore they can't even laugh remember you used to laugh at their jokes remember those days you thought he was funny I urge you enough I'm sorry I, I wish I can go to every home every week I can't I've got my own life to save and I got my family to save but parents I, I, I can't I can't stress this enough have time at the table with your kids sit them down no distractions nothing around talk to them Find out how their day's going. Find out what they like, what they don't like. See what's going on in their world. You don't know what your child is dealing with because you don't talk to them. You see them walking around the house moping or this or that. Talk to them. And let them feel comfortable talking to you. No one should feel like a stranger in their own home. No one should feel that way. 
And I feel like we got kids walking around the house and they don't even feel comfortable in their own home. So they go in their room, shut the door. But if you had a proper table, because, let, let, let me insert Robinson. Because we have a proper table, we don't allow shut doors in our home. I've got a 16-year-old. She ain't allowed to go in her room and shut that door. She better be changing her clothes. And when she's done, that door is back open. No shut doors. But because we have a table, there's nothing to hide. There's nothing to hide. There's nothing to be ashamed of. Because we have a table. So church, family, friends, hear my heart. Let's get back to the table. Someone say amen. Let's get, let's get, let's come back to the table. Come to the table. Come on, sing something. Because I'll keep talking. Just sing something. I Come back to the table. Have time at the table. Come on, let's lift our hands and let's sing this song together. Come on. The more 